sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wednesday, January 6th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician. And as always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, burning the candle at both ends, trying to give you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. And fundamentally, we'll try to put the fun and functional sports content at the same time. Kev, the NBA keeps on rolling. This early season stuff is getting me kind of excited because now as we wane off the NFL regular season as we wane off the bowl season really the nba is kind of the only game in town and is going to get top billing you know during the week so kev like what was some of your biggest takeaways i mean i saw kyrie go off early on as the brooklyn nets beat the jazz you know mm. i see Nikolai Jokic continuing to play well. The Nuggets kind of bounce back. I see Kawhi Leonard not able necessarily to get revenge against one of his former teams as the Spurs get their third win of the season. What kind of stuck out to you in the association last night? So there's there's two different directions we can take this. There's kind of how it pertains to... I guess the non-betting side, and obviously that still has betting implications like futures market, but I feel like there was a betting, another lesson last night. You, you try never to get too high or too low when it comes to a betting night, right? I mean, the amount of times, Dane, that I have sure. embarrassingly told people, oh, I will never bet again, to which they have replied, who do you like tomorrow, right? But it's like, oh, I just, it's, but I will tell you this, NBA props we might really need to put a real hold on playing some of these numbers because Dane yesterday you and I broke down Kyrie Irving, right? Yeah. To a T to a T went off points. Dane, he went off early and late, except not in the fourth quarter because he didn't play like, and there's nothing you can do to like, I actually thought about this as well. I'm like, man, if I miss this Kyrie number, I think it's because it's a blowout. And I genuinely, genuinely thought, right. do I take a piece of Utah? Maybe first half, like minus one and a half, too. I would have lost both because the Nets were the one that won by a blow. And I can't tell you, Dane, how many props either myself or I've seen others lose, not because the analysis was wrong or the handicap right. was wrong, but because of a blowout. Now, that isn't any different than years before. I feel like there's more blowouts than usual, though. And that is something that I do think is a byproduct of this season. Teams being a little bit more likely to tap out if a game seems out of reach, but also right. just a little bit more likely that a team doesn't seem to show up to the game. The Nets won the first quarter 35 14. 
It was over. The, the game right. was over after 12 minutes of action. Now, you might say at that moment that I need to turn to a live player props market and start the hedge, but, Dane, it's really difficult when we play over 35.5 points plus assists, get 34 points plus assists in three quarters of work, and then lose our bet. No, that's absolutely that is that is a tough go at it. Um, as we welcome in our radio audience from around the country, around the globe. Big shout out to all the affiliates. Thanks for getting up on the grid early with us, Dane and Kevin here on the early line. You know, I think that is interesting because I would actually add another factor to it, Kev. You know, there's what you're talking about this unique season, right? And how maybe it is prime for more blowouts. Maybe teams do kind of not show up on certain days. I also think another factor in this to support what you're saying is that might coaches have a quicker trigger to sit guys down, right? Not to load manage on some level, right? Maybe they're not taking the full games because remember they're going to get fined this year, especially if it's you know big time games. But could the could the new cheat code be not only that there's more blowouts or whatever you're saying on that piece, but that mm-hmm. the coaches are more likely if it crosses almost like a lower threshold to yank their dudes? We see this all the time. Lamar Jackson sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter, right? With college guys, we see a big shout out to Roll Tide, Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman, right? But could it be both that maybe we are prone to more lopsided games because of the nature of this season? Mm-hmm. And coaches will look for these opportunities or take those opportunities and bite at it even quicker, meaning we may get more. I want to ask you, do you buy that? And then, Kev, how do you play it? Does that mean you actually lean unders? Does that mean you, like you're saying, you look for the quick live pivot and have that ready in the holster if you start to see a game get out of hand? Like, I think you are correct that this may be Mm -hmm. something to look at for this season, but how do we leverage it? Yeah, so on your first port point, I think you're 100% correct, right? Like, at the end of the day, the Nets knew the game was done. Why would you ever send Kyrie back out there? You don't have Kevin Durant for now still three more games. Let's rest those legs up there, right? Let's get Karras out of the game. Let's get Joe Harris out of the game. And let's, you know, on to Philly type of deal. So 100%. And I think also if you're Utah, you're like, all right, this is done. On to the next. Like, right. So we'll I, think, right. I think pulling your guys, a lot of bench, all bench fourth quarters. We're seeing that in the NBA. As far as then how you play it, I, I don't know if there's an exact answer. And that's why I almost say you might just want to step back from props. Because, Dane, mm. if I tell you I like Jokic under points tonight because the Nuggets are going to blow out the Timberwolves. <laughs> right. Well, then just lay the number with the Nuggets. If you're projecting right, right, right. a blowout, you just lay the side then. Well, Kev, you know, you could have taken the under on Jalen Hurts also last week because, you know, he wasn't going to play the full game. We'll talk about that and more when we come back. We are off and running. It's another day. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Network. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane and Kev giving you everything you need. Looking at the NBA, which is really, you know, if you've been in football mode, which I know a lot of sports investors have been, right, you're going to have to start to turn your attention to the NBA. And, Kev, you know, I like now over the last two days we're, we're, we're zoning in on two 
I don't know if we want to call them trends yet, right? Because it is still very early on in the season, but we do know this is a unique season still. And so there will be some other unique things to try to get ahead of. I'm thinking about how we realized in the middle of the baseball season, like, yo, overs are going to happen, right? And so then we kind of got ahead of that. And, you know, yesterday you mentioned that there may be something to kind of fading the back-to-back in the same buildings, right, against the same teams, Mm -hmm. whether that is zigzagging on the total, whether that, you know, these guys are pissed off, whatever the case may be. Um, Are there any games in the association like that tonight? You know, when I go through the list, I see – did Charlotte, did Charlotte and Atlanta play recently? Is that the second of a back-to-back? Are there any that are like that in this one? And I find it ironic that Utah stays in New York but just hops over to another borough to see mm-hmm. the Knicks. Um, are there any like that in yeah. this situation today, Kev? Yeah, there, there is one, uh, an incredibly sexy matchup between what would I believe be two current playoff teams right now in the East. The Magic and the Cavs. Cleveland and Orlando. Joe. Yeah, you better believe it. You better believe it. Uh, okay, Orlando, so let's though, reset this. What happened yeah, so in the or, first meeting? So it was an interesting game. Uh, Orlando opened the game on a 10-0 run. I watched more of this game than I probably should have. <laughs> but then but then, by the time we had got ourselves uh, into the half, it was about a one-point game. And then the Magic won the third quarter by 20. 38-18. Ultimately, they win the game by 20, 103-83. Now, the Cavs were missing some players in this game. How important anyone on the Cavs missing it? Listen, but Darius Garland's absent, who's off to a really nice start this year, and the fact that they only scored 83 points I don't think is insignificant. Of course, we're kind of waiting on availability. It's early into the day, right. uh, and that's kind of the deal when we're doing early NBA lines. The caveat of make sure you get your starting lineups Absolutely. always applies. Uh, but last go-around, the Magic won by 20. It was Orlando minus 6. Here, I just This is why I think it's such a fascinating thing. It's the same number. They're laying the same right. exact right, six. Right, right. There's no like, oh, they got their number. Make it nine. You like it's just nope. Roll the ball out again. We'll see how it goes. All right, so we shall see on that one, Orlando and Cleveland. A lot of people, I know our guy Cam Stewart is thinking that Cleveland may be cooking with a little bit of gas. We'll see how they progress. And now, you know, this is the second matchup, so we'll see if Orlando uh, can kind of uh, defend home court and potentially even cover the spread. Now, another thing you are telling me is about what I am going to affectionately call, you know, the quick hook, right, in blowouts, right? And Mm -hmm. so, Kev... I look at tonight's slate, and I'm intrigued about a potential example where this could happen, Kev. And I think you probably know exactly where I'm talking about. I would be intrigued by props by guys like Mr. Giannis Atenagumpo with the Milwaukee Bucks now 13.5-point favorites tonight at home against the Detroit Pistons. When I look at the slate for tonight, that is, you know, the biggest spread on the board do you think this can fall prey to what you were talking about at the very beginning of the show where you know Kyrie wasn't playing there the entire fourth quarter do you think this could even threaten for Milwaukee them get up big enough where what you're talking about in the prop come into play so funny enough this game also profiles and I kind of had forgotten until you brought it up but it also profiles as the same scenario as Magic Cavs. These teams just played two days ago. 
So Milwaukee was up huge going into the fourth. Eventually, Detroit, little pesky, kind of hanging around, and they steal a cover. Number was about 11 and a half. They trailed by 15 or better for the lion's share of the game. They lose by 10, which obviously is really tough for Milwaukee backers. Uh, the thing is, the Bucks found themselves up by 11 points going into the half. So realistically, I think there's going to be a lot of people interested in getting involved with a first half number. Here's what I'm fascinated by, Dane. And again, it just worked out lovely because you brought it up. Giannis. His yep. points prop is 27 and a half. He had 30 points at half yesterday or two days ago <laughs> against Detroit. At half, he had 30. Finished with 43. So this is this thing of like, do you come are you are you kind of walking back up to the window and you've you've missed the boat, right? They they've already right. set sail and you're showing up late. Or I mean, can it can it possibly Dane be that simple he scored 43 against this team it's the same team and he's gonna score another well, like you know Cleveland and Orlando they're hanging the same numbers right so right? I mean, like, maybe. and that's why it's so fascinating does the book bake that in live? And I'm excited to ask you questions about this live in mm -hmm. the moment right um, because yeah. I think that's part of what we do Kev right but mm -hmm. the, you're right. The man will score 30 in the first half, right? I'm thinking about in the NFL when the Chiefs went through this stretch of, you know, beating teams up but not covering their number. Mm -hmm. And we knew it was because I even told you my wife was looking at them against Miami being like, I'll take Miami plus 18 and a half right now. And that's what wound up happening, right? Does the book bake in taking the foot off the gas pedal, whether it's the team or like you're talking about a player, if Giannis is at 30 at halftime, right? I can see mm -hmm. one valid path where they're going to hang like, dude's going to get to 53, right? Because yeah. Steph Curry did, right? We've seen that's keeping the foot on the gas pedal. There's also the valid universe where it's like we're talking about here. Oh, we're going to tap out. We're going to manage his load and rest. It's a long season for them. And it happens all the time. These guys start with, you know, 30 and wind up at 34. Kyrie Irving mm -hmm. had, you know, in the 20s already, you know, very early in the game, finishes with 29. Just like you said, does the book bake that in in like the live prop market? So we're early. And I've been trying to pay more attention to the live player props market. But from what I can tell, they don't. Which is fascinating okay. to me. Okay. Because, Dane, in the NFL, they do. Big right. time. Rodgers right. will throw for three. But but not just, but Dane, not just in terms of sides and totals. Because that's a whole different oh, animal, props. right? Right, like game props. script will affect Rodgers yes. will throw for 300 yards in the first half. The Packers are up by 28, and his live passing prop will be 378 and a half. And right. you're like, that's the first drive. I need him, like, I got it. Like, right. And you can play a contrarian over, but you can also say to yourself, well, like, they, they don't think he's going to throw the ball They're again. Okay. The, right. the other night, Steph had scored 23 in the first half, and I was doing it with Jared uh, in-game live on Monday. And his live player prop, I think it was – 37 and a half. He needed to score 14 second half points to go over against the Kings. The Warriors were up by 25, I think, going into the second half. Uh -huh. And John's like, look, I'm going to take this under. 
if he scores 14 points in the third, or if the Warriors completely collapse, then that's what it is. But that's what has to happen for me to lose this. There's a big world where the Warriors keep their foot on the gas pedal, and Steph never sniffs the court. Lo and behold, never even got, <laughs> never even right. considered a second in that fourth quarter. And that's I actually checked in on Kyrie's number after the first quarter. Dane he had scored 15 points. His live points prop was 41 and a half. Mm-hmm. They won the first quarter by 21. Right, right? now there's a lot more time left in the game. Right. Yeah, and you never, and maybe Utah can cut into the deficit, but mm-hmm. Utah never cut into it. He didn't even score 30, let alone over right. 41 and a half. <laughs> no, I think that's really interesting, and I'll be excited to dig into that live prop bet market with you. Like with the trailing team, like I know in football, right? I'm looking at quarterback attempts. Do I look at like made threes of a team that's down for some bench guy <laughs> that's just gonna pop all the time? It's gonna be very interesting. We look at the rest of the games in the association when we come back and see if we uh, read the tea leaves here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, everybody, right here. To the early line, big shout out to all of our affiliates who are joining the fun bright and early in the morning as we fundamentally put the fun and functional sports content. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. What we're trying to do here is, given the fact that the NBA is getting off and running, albeit still a small sample size, and we know this year is going to be different, right? Whether it is in the scheduling of the back-to-backs kind of in the same building with the same team, whether it is the way teams and coaches manage the reps and the minutes of players. And also, you know, you're going to be seeing the schedule itself. You know, there is left travel involved. Kind of the opponents are a little bit different. So we're going in to see if we can find some nuggets here. And we were doing that, thinking about what Giannis will do against Detroit. Kind of the repeat performance of Cavs and Magic. And so I want to bring your attention, Kev, to a couple of other games in the Eastern Conference tonight. A lot of people think that these Philadelphia 76ers are figuring something out, Kev. We don't know if it's Doc Rivers. We don't know if it's... A maturity from a Joel Embiid. We don't know if it's just health from a guy like Joel Embiid. Tobias Harris seems to be doing his thing as well. The Philadelphia 76ers host the Washington Wizards tonight. Six and a half is the spread on this one. Sixers are favored. 231 is the total. How do you feel about this one? Can Philly keep going uh, and, you know, with their hot start? This is it's such a fun matchup here because this is the second time we're seeing the Sixers play the Wizards. The first go around was on opening night. Washington was able to cover this six and a half number. And again, I think it's so interesting that despite this hot start for Philly and maybe an up and down start for Washington, that six and a half is, is still how we see this number. So Philly, of course, is a big story, but Washington is what has my attention because Washington is two and five. They started 0-5, and they were pushed to 0-5 by losing what we've talked about those two games in three days at home against the Bulls, who entered that two-game window with no wins either. So it was like, for a moment there, it's like, oh my gosh, the Wizards are the worst team in the NBA by a mile, right? Well, you know, you kind of now get a win against Minnesota. Russ then gets his first win against Brooklyn, 
by KD, by one. It was a good game there. So now Washington has a little bit of mojo behind them, and they show up once again now to see the Sixers. The spread is interesting, but I, Dane, sometimes you just want to go back to something to see if maybe they can kind of repay you. I love the over in Sixers-Wizards on opening night. And we lost that wager. Going back to it? It looks like we may have lost Kev right there. No problem when Kev comes back. We'll talk to him. It seems like he's going to go back to the well. You know, sometimes you want to not be uh, satisfied with the loss that takes place. And you want to kind of beat them back, avenge the loss. And it sounds like that's what he is talking about when it comes to the uh, repeat performance of the Washington Wizards at Philadelphia. I wanted to ask him about a couple of other games, you know, that were going on in the association, Indiana, the Pacers are five and two taking on Houston, you know, um, the Pacers are two point favorites. And I wanted to ask Kev about Sabonis, who is really absolutely dominating uh, these days. And he was someone who was not there for these Pacers as we uh, as they went into the bubble. And so I wondered that kind of actual impact for him. A ton of other games in the association tonight. A big one also with Boston and Miami. Miami, a two and a half point favorite. 218 is the total in that one. When we get Kev back, we will in fact go to um, you know more of his breakdown of these NBA games. But I got to tell you another thing that took place last or yesterday was the handing out of the Heisman Trophy, right? And absolutely, after all the consternation, we were talking about it yesterday, uh, Devontae Smith is the Heisman Trophy winner. He had an absolute dominant performance. And I guess the question really is this, how you feel about, you know, uh, giving it to a wide receiver. You see you see his stats from the season, dominant performance, 1,641 yards, 20 touchdowns, 105 catches. And remember, this isn't a NFL season where they're playing in 16 games. He is accumulating these stats you know, in what, 10, 11, 12 games? So when you think about this per game, it is absolutely ridiculous. Yesterday, Kevin and I also discussed how this offense overall was just so dominant, right? I posted him, well, what if Waddle was there and Devontae Smith was not? And interestingly enough, Kevin thought that, yeah, these are kind of interchangeable. It would, in fact, then just be Waddle was accumulating all those stats. And I bring that up because uh, we also have news around the national championship game itself. As you know, uh, Ohio State and Alabama are set to go. It was supposed to be on Monday, right? And so the Heisman Trophy winner, the Heisman Trophy, three of the top five Heisman Trophy uh, finalists were going to come on Monday and take on the Buckeyes. That's why we have a 74 and a half point total in this one. But we have uh, heard a little bit yesterday that Ohio State is still dealing with uh, COVID. They've got a little mini outbreak on their hands. And so 
they are now entertaining the idea of pushing back the national championship game, pushing it back because Ohio State is still dealing with COVID. We do have my man, the candle burner now. And Kev, I couldn't talk NBA without you. You know what I mean? So while we were doing that, I turned the attention real quick. And I want to get your thoughts on this before we go right back to the NBA. You know, they gave out the Heisman Trophy. It went to Devontae Smith, the wide receiver, who accumulated incredible numbers. And that then led me to the idea of, hey, we thought this was interchangeable. Maybe Waddle would be doing some of the same thing, which leads me to the fact that Waddle looks like he may be able to be available for the national championship game, which now, Kev, may not be on Monday because Ohio State is dealing or continuing to deal with a little outbreak going on with the Buckeyes. Can't hear you, Kev. There we go. What do we got? No. That's all right. No, not just yet. Here's the thing. We will all be waiting with bated breath for whatever Kevin has to say. But I do think this is interesting. And I do think, as we juxtapose it, right, it's the last game of the season. So I don't mind it at all. I'm reminded of when uh, Rick Pitino uh, was saying, hey, maybe we should push back March Madness to May and give this a little breathing room, right? The fact that they do have that flexibility is a little bit different than what we are seeing in the NFL. So I, I, the idea to compare how in college they may be able to just push it back, right, and uh, delay it another week. Hard Rock Cafe in Miami will be able to do it again. If you are like going to fly there and go see it as a tourist, as a fan of one of these teams, you booked your hotel rooms and then now it's the next week. That could be a bit of a challenge. I do think we have Kevin back now and I'm hearing him getting set up. So what do you think about this, Kev? Not only that we tip our cap to Devontae Smith, but the fact that, you know, uh, the national championship game now may be a little bit of a moving target. Okay, okay, no problem. You know, we got a little bit of internet stuff going on today. And I think, again, I, I do think that is absolutely crazy, the fact that they are building in this flexibility. Um, so what are we doing now? We're just going to keep – we're not going to go – no problem. So this is this is what I'm talking about here, right? In the college football, they have that flexibility. And when we come back or later on in the show, part of what I want to bounce off Kevin is in the NFL now, we don't know if we have that flexibility. In the same way, Ohio State is dealing with a little bit of a mini outbreak and they're going to be have that flexibility to kind of push it back. We have word yesterday as well that the Cleveland Browns have a little bit of a COVID issue themselves. As you see here, they were informed yesterday. And remember, the Browns have been dealing with this for the better part of a week and a half or two weeks, right? They've had to shut their facility down. They had random players that were on the COVID list. If you remember a few weeks ago, the Browns had to play the Jets, in essence, without their entire wide receiver room. So the Browns have been struggling with this. And yesterday we heard that head coach Kevin Stefanski tested positive. Other coaches tested positive. Two more players tested positive. And unlike the national championship game where there's no other considerations and factors, they can push it back. Well, in the NFL, it may not be as clear. And, and, and then, you know, the glorious people on the Internet start digging, right? Because the Browns even 
are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns played the Pittsburgh Steelers in week 17. That was two days ago from when we hear about Kevin Stefanski. That was on Tuesday. It was the previous Sunday they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? 48 hours before we knew that Stefanski has COVID. And there is footage. There is, you know, we see the tweet right now. Tomlin and Stefanski, who are good friends, who are both like assistant coaches in Minnesota together, right? So they know each other. And there is oodles of oodles of footage of them talking before and after the game on Sunday, of them literally hugging each other, you know? And so I know that we're going to have this abundance of caution in the NFL moving forward. But I wonder, right, because if Stefanski is now out for the playoff game, where does contract tracing go when it comes to, you know, uh, who is eligible, who will be available for this game? When Kevin comes back on the other side of the break, I want to ask about the association. We'll get back to that. But also, how does this play out? Where will this spread and sprawl? And in this age where Roger Goodell can conduct the NFL draft from his basement, his couch, sipping a scotch, why can't Kevin Stefanski coach an NFL playoff game from within quarantine? I see no problem with it. We do everything remotely these days. I'm working remotely right now. Why can't Stefanski... On Sunday, we'll talk about it. Hopefully, we'll get Kevin back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here onto the early line. We are back. It is Dane and Kevin. We've got the candle burner back, and Kevin, to catch you up, you know, um, I was talking about kind of uh, the different ways that college and the NFL will now potentially handle mini outbreaks, right? We're seeing this with Ohio State, and I believe that because it is the last game of the season, there's no other ripple effects and things of that nature, and they've been able to kind of reserve hard rock down in Miami, they have the ability to push it back. It'll suck if you, you know, have a flight and a hotel and are a fan of that team and now it's not there anymore and it's another week Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. Whereas in the NFL playoffs, which are going to start this weekend, we have heard that Kevin Stefanski, a couple of coaches, a couple of more players, you know, have COVID. The Browns have been dealing with this for a while. They've been shutting their facility down, you know, all last week. Again, remember only a couple of weeks ago, they played the Jets without wide receivers. So this is definitely lingering in the state of Ohio, right? Cleveland and um you know, Cincinnati has had some cases, Baltimore in this region of the country. This is happening. So the difference though is Cleveland and Pittsburgh, they can't push it back. Right. They can't just massage the puzzle pieces anymore. They can't even go to like Tuesday night football because, you know, the winner of that game would then be on ridiculously short rest for a playoff game the following week. So talk to me about how you think um, an abundance of caution is going to play out for Cleveland. You know, it's you never want to go into hindsight, Dane. But the second this news broke, did a, I, a, a part of me, I don't know if for you and I don't know for those at home watching us, but a part of me wondered if, if the NFL pushing through the way that they did through the regular season, if they maybe should have reconsidered an approach to the playoffs. You know, they yeah. certainly flirted with the idea of going with an eighth team. I, I just wonder if they would have said everybody gets a week off 
Eight teams are going to make it, and we're going to do no buys for like an or no bye week advantage, and we're going to go to some type of bubble esque setup. The AFC right. is going to go to this state, NFC will go to this Pretty state. Pretty much what Major League Baseball and- did. What Major League Baseball did, yes. right? Yes, the, like the Major League Baseball type of bubble. Now, again, you could say that that would be unfair for the Chiefs and the Packers. I get all that. It's just like you want the playing field to be as level as possible here. Kevin Stefanski might, and I know you think he should, win Coach of the Year. And now he's not going to be available for the Cleveland Browns. And, like, I know there's been instances in COVID where people will point to an athlete or, or a person and say, you're kind of getting what you reap what you sow, right? They didn't seemingly take the precautions. I don't think I felt comfortable with that really at any point. I think there's been instances know. where you can see people are being right. lax. Yeah, but like at the end of the day, like, you know, there's no photo of Stefanski, right, right, you know, right. going th- across the internet. It's just like it, it's really, really tough, and, and it takes some of the luster off, kind of what happens if the Steelers win this game. It, it becomes a a bit of a what if, which is almost what happened to the Browns' season when they had yeah. to play the Jets without a single wide receiver available yeah. to them. Like, it just it, it's really, really unfortunate there. And it really is also, you know, one of their offensive linemen, I think, that just got put on the list as well is one of, like, their longest tenured dudes in the franchise, right? Went through mm-hmm. 0-16 and Hugh Jackson and all this stuff and is now here in the playoffs and can't yeah. play, you know? So that that is uh, definitely uh, hard, for, you know, in certain situations. And this, I, I do feel, Brad, that this, like, happens to the Browns, who we, we were talking about, get their first playoff um, appearance in 18 years and now kind of got to deal with this and almost, you know, may not be able to be at full strength. You said there was no, like, pictures in the internet going around of Kevin Stefanski, like, violating protocol. And while that is true, Kev, there is pictures of him, you know, Two days ago when they played the Steelers, you know, like hugging Mike Tomlin, um, dapping him up like they were friends, yeah. right? When they were assistant coaches together in in uh, Minnesota, they are friends. They admit it. They talk frequently. Right. And so there is a picture of them like hugging either pregame or after the game on Sunday. I, I, I don't know how to frame this question to you because uh, you know the way I feel about how the NFL proceeds through all this. Mm-hmm. Will you believe on its face whatever they say about contract tracing as it relates to the Browns and potentially the Steelers this week? Yes, because ah. if they if they were going to lie to us, I mean, they probably don't keep – they probably, Danny, I feel like could have gone HIPAA laws and never announced anyone's positive COVID test, and we find out Sunday when someone is absent – and right. therefore, if they don't want someone to be absent, then that person cannot be absent. Remember when Stefan Gilmore dapped up Patrick Mahomes? Right. And then right. we were like, oh, the whole Ch- the Chiefs season is over. Right, right. And then the literally the entire Chiefs roster was fine. Like, now, again, now maybe for you, you don't believe that that's really how it went. Uh, I'm going to go the other way with it, and I'm just going to take it for, yeah. for what it is. I think it's a – I think it's a – disease who the passing of it all is still despite the fact that you know we have known this disease now for a long time i still feel like we or at least i i'll speak just on my behalf i still feel like i don't know a lot about it no that's absolutely fair and i i mean it you know from 
the kind of some of the conspiracy theory side, which I do acknowledge. Like, remember, uh, you know, earlier in the week, we talked about Alvin Kamara and how it was like, hey, if they played on Saturday, he may not be able to play. But if they play on Sunday, he may be available. What do you know they play on Sunday, right? I, I almost say, like, we know there's going to be some level of contract tracing here. But the NFL doesn't want that contract tracing, like, to touch Baker Mayfield this week. You know what I mean? The NFL doesn't want that to be like, oh, snap. Uh, Now Mike Tomlin is a close contact of Kevin Stefanski, right? Because what is close contact in general? Do you have to be in a meeting room indoors? Because, like, he was hugging Mike Tomlin. Okay, like mm-hmm. that, that, that seems like close contact, but you're right. We still don't know. And there's still the path like I always tell you, will the NFL have the testicular fortitude to follow through on their policies when it, you know, leads to something that is less than convenient from the PR side? I always give the point of Tom Brady having a concussion in the Super Bowl and not being pulled from the game. Right. Like if this does happen, we know, Kev, let's put it this way. Justin Turner, game six of the World Mm -hmm. Series, right? We know it is real, right? They were like, we're plowing through. What I'm saying, Kev, is this opens up the idea that the NFL may be like, damn it, we're in the playoffs. X may have it. Contract tracing may be like it would hit X, Y, and Z. But we're near the finish line. Let's plow through, similar to like the Justin Turner um, thing. We have seen it happen. It's I don't think it's crazy to think the league would prioritize, you know, the PR of getting the product out on the field right now. I think the interesting thing is what is the line of demarcation of when you can choose to plow through? I don't think we're at that point yet, right? We're still a month away from the Super Bowl. Baseball was three innings away from their season being done. And I don't disagree that baseball being like, yeah, listen, let's just try and get out of here, please. Like, hey, probably negative anyway, right? Just send him out there, and if he's not, we'll pull him off the field. What's the worst that happens? Like, right. I don't disagree with the with what you're saying on, on baseball. I, I think if, if you're the NFL, like, get – like They can't move the game. Every, they can't move the game. I know that, for sure. There's 14 teams left, and after this weekend, we're down to eight. I mean, you you can really, like, take your time here, right? And many, 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 many moons ago, we talked about the fact that they have a built-in agreement yeah. with Raymond later. James Stadium to yeah. push back the Super Bowl. Like, it's there. The same way as like, Ohio you know State I mean? and Bama may push back the national championship game. Yeah. But that's the end, right? Justin Turner was game six, right? This is wild card yes. weekend. So it's not like the final domino to put in or the final puzzle piece and then say, oof, we got it done, right? There are still ripple effects here. Uh, well, right, and that, but that's why. are going to have to play next week. These right. things will linger. So it's a complicated issue. Right, but and I think that's almost why though they can't just oh plow through like because then you're basically asking for a complete and utter disaster. I know right now kind of the moving things around just comes off like a logistical nightmare, right? But if you just close your eyes and ignore everything, then you're gonna find yourself in something far worse than a Monday night NFL playoff game and yeah. short rest for the winner of that game. No, I, I, I think it is true, but uh, 
let's back up and first just report it again so people who are just joining us know yesterday head coach Kevin Stefanski of the Cleveland Browns the Cleveland Browns who have not been in the playoffs have been longing to not be known as the joke of the NFL who people were slow to believe in this season here they are now in the playoffs and they got to deal with this for the first, you know, going to Pittsburgh is one thing. Seeing, you know, Big Ben in the offense or whatever is another thing. Seeing the number one defense in the NFL. And now they got to do it without Kev, a guy that I believe, as you said, I think it's valid to be considered in the conversation for NFL coach of the year. Here's the other thing I want to ask you about. Why can't he coach remotely? Like, I, I, I don't I mean, understand why he couldn't. Yeah. We see guys in the skybox, right? We see uh, we see people doing work remotely all the time. If you are, I don't know what you're worried about. What, like, some hackers would be on the secure line and kind of, like, you know, stealing mm. whatever he was saying? Or, I, I honestly don't know why he couldn't be on a headset in quarantine. If you want, send an NFL official, you know, to watch him through the window or something, you know, wherever he is to know he's not doing anything untoward. But like, honestly, in 2021, why can't the man coach remotely? Why does he have to be like I mean, disqualified? He, he, I mean, I guess he, he can. I feel like it's more so like you want to be on the sideline. Realistically, uh, I, I would say coach, like, from if, the any, sky box. if anybody had to coach remotely and we're going up against the Patriots, you would immediately have to assume that would be a huge disadvantage because Belichick would find his way onto that Zoom call uh, without issue. Uh, but <laughs> right. but I just, I, I think even even if he's able to find himself on a headset, Dane, they, you know, put him in a bubble and on top of the, you know, Heinz yeah. field, and he can, like, sure, but you want the guy on the sideline. Like, that's where you want the coach of the year, if that's the And, like... He has a really good chance because I think in front of him was only Brian Flores who ended up not making the playoffs, which yeah. could very well give Stefanski that boost of other, over him. I, I, I still do believe there are other candidates that could get it. Like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm not saying I there's not live. other Ron candidates. Rivera, I think, is live. You know what I mean? But, yes, Stefanski definitely He's in the playoffs. With, with all Seven the craziness that was going around that franchise – like, he coached his ass off this year, if you want to know the truth for me, for Ron Rivera. But, like, honestly, and I get you saying, Kev, you want to be on the sidelines, right, and in the mix. But you can make critical calls from seeing, you know, the damn feed of the game, right? Like, do I go for it here on fourth down? Do I kick the field goal? You know, do I do I challenge this call or not? Those are key decisions that are going to be taken out of the head coach when this franchise is there for the first time. In, you know, almost two decades, it's just kind of so Browns. I, I feel bad for them, right? Because now they are on some level compromised on what is the biggest game for the franchise in almost two decades. Kev, when we come back, what we're going to do is, listen, we always know about COVID, but there are reasons other key players here in wildcard weekend, we don't know if they're going to be available. It's like almost regular injuries we need to talk about as well. We've also been talking in the NFL about coaches, and we will rank those jobs. Job openings, and we will start to look at the point spreads of Wild Card Weekend. We're going to do all of that in hour number two, right here, as we put the fun and functional sports content on the early line.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Right here to the early line, Dane and Kev. Starting to look at the situations here in the NFL, where, as you know, Kevin Stefanski and some other Browns uh, tested positive for COVID. Kevin Stefanski will not be on the sidelines, at least, on Sunday when the Browns take on the Steelers. It looks like Alex Van Pelt will be calling plays. And, Kev, you know, it's only Wednesday, right? And, and we're at this point now where the NFL has no wiggle room and the – the pandemic is spiking all over this country. Like, let's be honest with it. You know, it's great that shots are going into arms, but the numbers are continuing to spike. And there's other places, Kev. I mean, remember the Saints now a playoff game where they didn't have their entire running back room last week, right? We think mm-hmm. Alvin Kamara and the running backs will be good, but, you know, there's a situation in Tampa. We've got multiple linebackers, multiple good linebackers, Kev, in, you know, in Devin White and Shaq Barrett that are flirting with the COVID list going back and forth, right? These are these are important names on these teams that their avail- availability may be up in the air. We still, at this point, never know where the tentacles of contract tracing will go. And, Kev, it's only Wednesday. So, you know, in hour number two, we're going to talk about watching for the hook and, like, do you want to bet these lines now or do you want to wait? It's not only about the point spread and the hook, but the ridiculous uncertainty in the context of playing football through of a pandemic yeah i think dane that's probably the reason maybe more than any why i've always told you i typically will find myself making my nfl bets like an hour at and that's like the furthest out before kickoff i understand that there will be days where oh you could have the chiefs slaying two and a half and now it's four and a half you're like sure but like A lot of guys could have been out at that point. Like the Alvin Kamara news from last week, you know, what did that come out? Friday night? Right? Yeah. Like, because I know we weren't right. able to talk about it here on the show when it had happened. So it's like this stuff. When are we clear? When Adam Schefter sends out a tweet at midnight Saturday and then midnight Sunday. Like, and I won't position myself until. Until then, I won't. And I understand that people will. And again, we're going to look through and we can find that value for you. No problem. But we have to be honest about the danger that's out there. Yeah, it's a moving target. And what we're seeing more and more of now is the contract tracing, right, Kev? Entire position yeah. groups are going down because we're taking that seriously. We talk about other injuries. Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't- 